Wherever you are in your adoption journey, we are a community centered around love, trust, and respect for the experience and opportunities that have made us families. We promise to share, encourage, support, and celebrate the day-to-day of adoptive mamahood together. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And together, we are Two Adoptive Mamas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast. It's Sarah here, and I'm flying solo tonight, um, but we're so thankful that wherever you're at, that you chose to pop in your earbuds and join us for this episode. I'm so excited to introduce Erin from Pear Tree. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for, thanks for having me tonight. Of course, we have been so excited to connect with Aaron and we're kind of diving into a little bit of a newer topic tonight. Um, you know, so many of us have, um, experienced different journeys to creating our families. Um, and Aaron's family is no different, but she is bringing to us tonight, um, the work of pear tree. And so we're going to learn all about that because I know many of you have probably not heard of that. So Aaron, welcome. And we're excited to dive right in. Um, so I, I didn't quite mention this yet, but you are an adoptive mama. Um, so why don't we start off by you sharing how you're connected to the adoption and foster care community, both personally and professionally. Sure. Yeah. So I am a two-time adoptive mom. Uh, and so my, our kids are now eight and five. So eight years ago was our first private domestic adoption. Um, and our story, very similar to kind of the stories that we, we hear from a lot of adopting families on pear tree that we tried to get pregnant. It didn't work. We went through a bunch of reproductive technology. Um, and it was after our third miscarriage that I was, well, both of us were like, okay, let's, we'd always said we wanted to adopt at some point. And so like, let's just pursue adoption. This, this is, it feels like we're being pushed that way for a reason. And so, um, we, we had, we started looking into adoption, but because we'd spent so much money in reproductive technology, we were kind of forced to find a different path than the conventional route. Cause we just didn't have the money to do the agency route. And so we had some family friends tell us about this path called self-navigating where you basically follow the same process as an agency, but you kind of run point on the process the whole time. So you find a social worker in your state to approve you, you connect with an expectant mom, you find an attorney to go through the legal stuff. And so um, that, that is what we did. We, we built an online profile and uh, within a month we were in a hospital room in Michigan holding our son. And then three years later, same process. Um, and this time we connected with a family that was about six months pregnant in Texas and uh, so we had a couple a couple months to get to know them before our daughter Abby was born. I love and, that. And yeah, I- the kind of the the jump to the professional side is having gone through that process twice, and just being floored at how emotional these journeys are, um, in the the super high highs, super low lows. That and you know my background is in global brand development and technology, and so. I was like, this, this process is too important to not be better. And so that's where I, that's why I sold the business that I had and, and dedicated myself to trying to, to trying to modernize the adoption process in the U S. It is such an important process for 
all, both parties, everyone who's involved and yes, it can be better. So that's why we're excited to talk more about it. So before we dive, you know, full fledged into learning more about pear tree, um, something we wanted to ask you at two adoptive mamas, we kind of talk about heart is hard. And so your heart isn't necessarily more hard than my heart. Um, but when you're in the thick of it and you're in the trenches, heart is hard. It's all relative. So share with us, Aaron, something that is hard for you and your family right now and kind of how you're navigating that. Oh, I mean, we're, we're navigating, um, kind of eight-year-old boy right now in behavior. And, um, he's at that, that age where it's, um, you know, like friends start to get really important in their lives and cool becomes a factor. And yet he still has that kind of the tenderness and the, like, I want to cuddle with mom, but don't cuddle with me in public, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, and pushing the limits in terms of behavior in front of friends to try to be cool. So I think just overall, you know, making sure that we're always being respectful of the people that are in charge in any situation is, is an, is an issue that we're dealing with right now. Um, as it, as it relates to adoption, I think one of the issues that we're dealing with right now is, um, I, I mean, I struggle with this almost on a daily basis, but they're, they are growing into these beautiful, beautiful children. And, um, I'm, I personally struggle with a lot of kind of adoptive mom guilt. Cause I feel like I get the best part of the situation watching these amazing kids blossom into, into the people that they are. So it's, that's something that I struggle with. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So um, so excited to learn more about Paratree. So you said you have a background in global brand development, but you kind of switched gears. Um, so tell us about starting Paratree. You kind of already shared what inspired you to begin the company, but obviously it went from a budding idea to a reality. Um, so tell us kind of about your mission, about modernizing the adoption process, what you mean by that, um, and how you're serving adoptive parents and birth parents. Yeah. So I think having gone through it and especially having gone through the self-navigating process. And, you know, the reason that we ended up choosing self-navigating, I I had said was because we just didn't have the money to go the other way. And when you start looking at the disparity in fees, it's pretty shocking. So average adoption in the U S 40 to $60,000. But if you self-navigate those costs drop or the fees associated for an adoptive family drop to 15. And so it's not inexpensive by any means, but it puts it more on par with giving birth to a child biologically in, in a hospital. Um, and so for me, that was, that was kind of one of the big red flags that I was like, this is wrong that adoption has become an option that's only available to people with wealth or willing to go into debt. Um, you know, and, and we see it up here all the time that we, you know, talk to families that have been fundraising for three years to give them a shot. And, and that to me, just so making sure that all people have access to adoption was kind of something that I experienced having gone through it that I thought needed to be changed. And then um, I think one of the other things that I thought was woefully missing from the process was using technology to make the process more efficient. And so, you know, and, and I understand it, that that adoption has evolved out of kind of from a, from a social work standpoint, not a technology background. And so w- working with our adoption professionals on our own journey, I was like, okay, well, how are we going to use technology to like, you know, make this like help, help us connect faster. And they're like, oh, ooh, I don't, like they didn't know what to do. And so I think with my background, I was like, oh, okay. Like this, this is an area that I know a lot about that I can help with. And so 
uh, we started, I, I launched pear tree, just, I launched it basically on Facebook, um, with in some of those private adoption groups that are in Facebook, I was just started to talk to families and I said, Hey, if I did this, would this be something you'd be interested in just to see if it was even a good idea? And, um, and we had about 500 families that said yes. And they joined a private Facebook group for pear tree. And then they just kind of became my testing audience. Like, what is, how do you like this design? Do you like this concept? And, um, we started then working with some expectant moms too, to, to understand the process that they go through and where there needs to be improvement and things like on the expectant mom side that were like, well, like all of those profile sites start, all the families start to look the same after like four profiles. Um, and they all say the same thing. Like we actually had an expectant mom say, do you guys all go to the same like adoptive parent school? Um, because y'all say like, are you in a safe place? Um, you know, it's the first question I get asked from an adoptive family. And, and, you know, like we, we kind of do all go to the same adoptive parent school because that's what we're told. And, and we feel these feelings of like this insane courage that these, that these women have. And so, and we want to communicate that, but when every single family is saying the exact same thing and they're all posting, you know, pretty pictures of them color coordinated in a wheat field, we all start to blend in together. And so expectant moms were like, Hey, can you not, can you give us something that's more meaty on adoptive families? And we noticed that a lot of them knew what they wanted. They just didn't have the necessarily the words around it, which is the reason that we came up with personality-based matching because they knew kind of the personality type of the families that they were wanted to, they just didn't have like the actual name of the personality. So we, it's one of the reasons that now an adoptive family signs up with pear tree, they're put through kind of a personality test that classifies them as one of 12 major personality types. And so we, we launched um, pear tree in kind of, you know, midst summer of 2020, late, late summer of 2020 and have been growing it with matching. But in doing that, um, we realized like, we thought we were just gonna be kind of approaching matching, making matching better. But in, in working with these families, we realized like, oh no, no, we need to get earlier in the process to make sure that families who would have been interested in self-navigating and didn't know about it, knew that there was an option, that, that you didn't have to have $40,000 to drop on your process just to get going, that you could get home study approved with Pear Tree and have an option to match for under $5,000. So that's kind of, that was kind of the basis of it. Yeah. So a, a family, an adoptive family or a prospective adoptive family comes to you, they can be home study approved. So essentially you are providing all the same services that an agency could, but tell us a little bit more about the breakdown of how you're streamlining it and kind of how it's different than let's say the traditional like agency route. Yeah. And I always like to put a huge asterisk on these conversations that we work with some amazing adoption agencies. And so we're not a replacement to an adoption agency. I think, and, and we, we tell our families this too, like self-navigating is not for everybody. It's for some people that want to feel like they have more control over the process. They don't have the money or they don't want to spend the money that way. They're not afraid of having direct contact with an expectant mom and kind of navigating that dynamic relationship versus agencies where it's a little bit more like hands-off and you have, you know, a person dedicated to you throughout the whole thing. Like there's a benefit to that too. So that's my caveat there. Um, and, and honestly, like most of our families that are using us for matching are already working with an adoption agency and they're just using pear tree to kind of amplify their outreach. So that's an option, but yes, for families that are interested in self-navigating, meaning they want to control the process, um, that, yeah, that 
So we're right now we have our home study pilots are live in 18 states, 18 of the 50. So if there if a family is in one of those 18 states, we work with the state licensed home study providers in those states, and you work directly with the state licensed provider. Um, but we instead of having home studies, well, I'm, you can probably speak to it too. Like home studies have notoriously been like largely paperwork driven and logistic hoop jumping. Yeah. So a lot of box checking and a lot yeah. of box checking. Yeah. And so we basically built what well, people have referred to us now as the turbo tax for, <laughs> for adoption home studies, but we built an online process so that okay. families that the, like we customize the process based on the home study provider in that state and the state regulations. And then we bring adopting families to the platform and they just walk through an online step-by-step task list according to their stage um, to get to get home study approved. So it makes it very, very easy. Two people think, can be going through it at the same time. They can see each other's answers. They can work with the home study provider on any questions that they have. So just it just it just takes the process from paperwork and puts it online so that families can get through really fast. And we had a family get through it in a, they filled out the entire task list, got through it in a day. And that's everything from like your references, your clearances, all of that is done electronically. So like, you know, personal references, when I was going through it, we needed five. And so I had five pieces of paper or five PDFs that I had to send email to a friend and say like, Hey, will you say nice things about us? And then print it out bring it, sign it, bring it back to me. I'll put an envelope stamp, mail it to the social worker. And that's all just now it's like, Hey, what's the first name, last name, email address. We send them an online form. They fill it out and just naturally embedded in the application. They get to sign it all online. So like that, that kind of just bringing it into a little bit more kind of modern time. Yeah. I love it. I'm laughing because I mean, it's just all too fresh. (laughs) Yeah. And we're still shuffling papers. There's like, you know, a clip of papers on our fridge that need to be done before we finalize. And I'm like, it's 2022. Like, why are we still mailing things? And, you know, even just signing releases, like it would be so great if you could sign a release online and then there was no paper pushing. So um, yeah, that's and awesome. To be fair, like we're 98% online. There are still sure. things like the FBI hasn't let us integrate with their database yet. I don't know if they will. Um, so there's yeah. still sometimes the FBI, you know, that's, that's a printed PDF you have to, you have to upload, but for the yeah. most part, all, all that entire process can be done online. And our providers love it too. Our providers mm-hmm. provider in Washington that was like, is it, can it really be this easy? Like it really can. Yeah. yeah it's pretty amazing when you use it to kind of support these very necessary human interactions. Yes. Yeah. So then would you say that the kind of one of the more unique characteristics of Pear Tree, um, we've talked to, um, you know, a couple of different guests who are consultants, I would say like adoption consultants. And so, but kind of what I'm hearing with the matching and like the uniqueness of how you have um, kind of pared down the process. Um, I was trying not to be silly like that, but anyway, you've pared down the process, but then you have that personality component. And so that's something new. Like I haven't really personally, we've gone through a number of processes and we've talked to a lot of people on here and that's kind of something new. So can you tell us a little bit more about the personality part and maybe how that's contributed to your success, um, since the start of pear tree? Yeah. So, uh, so when a family goes through home study, they naturally just get six months of matching on pear tree and for matching on pear tree, we have anywhere from six to 49 expectant moms that register every month on pear tree. And I caveat that one with, that doesn't mean six to 49 families are being picked every month, but that's six to 49 expectant moms who are 
who are looking at family profiles and interacting with our families. And the personality-based matching um, is something that I think it does set us apart. And it's it becomes really, really important because personality is the leading indicator of behavior. What that means is that it gives expectant moms some understanding or some kind of understanding of like, what does the future look like if I pick this family? And we're doing national surveys now with our expectant moms and and without fail in the last 18 months, personality, they say, is the number one attribute that they're looking for in families. And so what we have decided about personality-based matching is if, if they can see around the corner and see what life might look like with a family, it gives her a little bit more confidence in terms of the decision that she's making. And so it's one of those things, like if she's more confident in the decision she's making, our theory is that maybe less disruptions happen or um, people change their mind less often and, or best case scenario, it just sets the adoption off on the right, the right foot. Everyone feels good about as good as they can about what's happening in terms of like the future for that mom and the child. I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit more, Erin, as I'm thinking through what you're sharing, what else you feel is important to consider in the match process that sometimes might be, um, underdeveloped when you're looking at a traditional home study or, um, you know, just in your experience with birth parents, um, what else is important for us to be looking at in the match process? Oh, so many things. I mean, so what we do is we track, what are the, we have a number of filters that an expectant mom can search through based on, you know, what's important to her. And so when an expectant mom onboards on peer tree, we ask, you know, what are the things that are more most important to you? And one of the things that I think is interesting is um, education is a, is typically a filter that's used often by expectant moms. And that's something for us, you know, because we've had now so many interviews with expectant moms that it's not like, people aren't looking for a PhD, but they're using that as almost a surrogate for security, that if they're educated, that it probably means they'll always be able to have a good job, which means they'll always be able to provide a stable lifestyle for the family. And so that's something that I think has been really interesting. One thing that um, I also think is interesting, and we have a lot of data on this that I'm happy I can email you after the show, but is for adopting families, when they rank the characteristic of what is most important to them, there are things like race that rank really high for adopting families for good reasons, because if you're going to have some kind of a transracial adoptive relationship, then you need to make sure that you're prepared for that. Um, but like race and family structure, meaning like married, single, LGBTQ, whatever your family structure is, don't rank in the top six attributes that expectant moms are looking for. Hmm. So I, we always think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, so I think, I mean, and we like our, because we have so much data now, I mean, that's, we can kind of slice it and dice it a million different ways. Um, but it's, it's been really interesting for us. And the reason that we use that or have that data is so that we can make the experience so much better for expectant moms and adopting families. Sure. And then, you know, you are able to share with adopting families, you know, kind of, you are able to they might be derailing themselves by thinking, oh, I know what they're looking for. So here's what we will project in our profile book or our online profile, but really you're kind of missing the mark. So that's interesting. Well, one yeah. of the other, and this comes from my marketing background, but um, we see like the one mistake we see adopting families do again and again and again is they try to be all things to all expectant moms. 
And for us, what we try to relate to our adopting families is you want to be the right adopting family for the right expectant mom, just one. And so really think about what makes you different as, as a potential family. Like, what do you believe? What do you do? What are the unique characteristics about you? And let, how do we amplify that so that you, that difference stands out from, you know, the other family who was also probably loving and kind and would create a nice home for a, for a child. Mm-hmm. But what is it about you so that that stands out so that, that, you know, who you are authentically com- is communicated to an expectant mom who would be drawn to that. Yeah. I love, um, I was watching a video, um, that your team had shared with us about the profile picture that you and your husband chose for your first profile. And for our listeners, um, maybe we'll have to try to share this somehow on our social media. I don't know. Um, but Aaron had a horse head on, right. So, um, and it, I mean, but it was catchy and, you know, it made me smile because ours was not quite, um, as fun as yours, but I remember sitting in the match meeting with the first, um, our first match with our daughter and, um, the birth father looked at us and he said, well, we just knew when we looked at the cover that you were it. And I'm sitting there and Drew's like, or my husband was like, well, that's great. And I'm like, I poured over the pages on the inside, but it was the cover photo that really did it for them. And, you know, we've heard that time and time again, that what you think is important is not necessarily what will stand out to them. And so it might just be the cover photo. So <laughs> yeah, we were kind of tipsy at a friend's wedding and they had all those props, you know, at the photo thing. And so I was like, Oh, horse head. My husband's wearing sunglasses, holding a hockey stick over his head. And, and same thing. Our, our daughter's birth family <laughs> said they saw that and birth mom yelled at birth. dad, like, I found them They're, Here they are. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I think too, you know, having personally walked through this is that birth families want to know what it would be like to kind of have a day in the life of being part of the, you know, whatever family. And, um, yeah, the superposed photos don't necessarily communicate that. So we say that too, that, you know, like they don't want to see perfect. They want to see what, you know, Monday morning looks like in Mm -hmm. your home. So, you know, they, like people try to come across as like this picture, perfect family. And like that, comes across as plastic to, um, to a lot of expectant families. Yeah. Okay. So Aaron, what are you hoping is the future for pear tree? Um, what's next? I know that, you know, you're still kind of in your infancy as a company, but it seems like there's been a lot of traction and there's a lot of excitement. So what are you hoping for next? Yeah. So we have a couple of goals here. So we want, we want adoption to be a benefit that is available to all people. And when I say benefit, I mean an actual like employer benefit that so many, um, so many people have access to some kind of medical benefit if they're going to be pregnant and giving birth naturally and, or if they're going to be going through reproductive technology, but adoption families or families that are adopting don't have that same benefit. So um, we want adoption to be $15,000 or less for adopting families in terms of full outlay. And in doing that, it's always kind of weird to me talking about money and adoption because it makes me feel a little weird. Um, but in lowering the cost, I think what it does is it gets rid of some of kind of the bad players and a lot of the unethical behavior in adoption because, because it has become so expensive that a lot of bad apples have found ways to insert themselves into this process. That's just, that's just not good. Um, so lowering the cost overall to increase access and then ensuring that, um, that it's a benefit that, that employers provide for their employees. Those are, those are kind of our, those are kind of our two, two goals. 
Yeah. I love that. I think again, speaking from personal experience, it's hard. I know that it's a barrier for a lot of families and that, you know, when there's a family who's ready to lovingly welcome a child into their forever family, that shouldn't be the barrier, the, the financial piece. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Okay, Aaron. So what would you like to see, um, talked more about in the adoption community moving forward? Um, but isn't talked about right now. That's something we always like to ask. Yeah. So I think one of the kind of things that we focus on too, or we have a, put a stake in the ground around is uh, birth mom support. So that once a match has been made, well, you can speak to this too, as an adoptive mom, but I think a lot of our adopting families have kind of, and I was one of them. So, you know, I'm part of this problem, but have tunnel vision in terms of like, okay, I got to get to the home study and then I could get picked and go through legal. And then once it's finalized, yay, it's done. Like the adoption, poof, it's over. And, you know, as an adoptive mom now of two, I'm like, no, that is when it actually, that's when it gets hard. Cause then you are raising a child that has been adopted and that comes with, you know, some very dynamic issues, situations, concerns. There's two families that love this child. And so, you know, managing those dynamic relationships going forward, like there's a lot that, um, that starts once the adoption has been finalized. And so I think, um, you know, that ensuring that families, uh, know, know that, and that, um, there are, and, and we're working on it now, but there's a deep comprehensive amount of resources and support materials available by stage for adopting families and birth parents, whether that's just access to mental health resources, um, and, or more. Um, I think that's something that I think this community needs to talk more about. Cause I think, I don't want to, get anybody, I don't want to offend anybody, but I think it's a lot of it feels a little bit like lip service right now that people are like, oh yeah, access to lifetime support is really important. But then, um, you know, if an expectant mom has been working with an agency and a year has gone by and now they're working with other expectant moms, they don't have the resources to help the expectant mom from a year ago. And so just making sure that there is a, a stable, available pool of support resources on demand available is I think something that this industry needs to get better at. Yeah. Well said. I, I think again, it's in the conversation, but okay. What does that look like and how yeah. are we practicing that regularly? So yeah. great thoughts. Okay. Aaron, how can our listeners learn more about pear tree? Oh, well, we just launched a new website, peartreefamily.com and pear tree is not the fruit tree. It's like two families coming together, pear. Um, <laughs> and um, also just launched our very first iOS and Android app. So families, it's a free app to download. And so families and expectant moms can download that. And um, we've now we've been called like the bumble of adoption um, because expectant moms have to make the first move just like women do on bumble. Oh, very interesting access right at your fingertips. I love it. Making yeah. it easier for all parties involved. Wonderful. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing more about Pear Tree. It was wonderful to kind of hear some of the goals for the organization, how you're serving families, both adoptive and birth families. I'm just really thankful to hear part of your story too. So, so appreciate your time. And for all of those listening, remember you've got this mama. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or know someone who could benefit from our show, the best thing you can do is leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're grateful to be hosting the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast for a third season. Learn more about how you can support our ongoing work through our Patreon at twoadoptivemamas.com. As always, it's been fun. 
Until we meet again, remember, you've got this, mama. Mama.